The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 213. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where psychology and business sit down to chat. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, speaker, executive coach, and consultant to entrepreneurs, leadership, and their companies. I believe psychology is the key to adapting and thriving both personally and in business. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for people searching for deeper conversation, deeper insight, and deeper research on psychology and business, where weekly conversations and content spark rare and profound insight, inspiring new awareness, new analysis, and new action. It is my mission to unlock the role of psychology inside every human touchpoint in business, all aimed at simplifying and harnessing psychology principles, skills, and strategies you can learn and apply so you and your business continue to grow and thrive. Grab a proverbial seat and tune in for insightful interviews, scientific research, psychology-based frameworks and reflections, and answers to thought-provoking questions so you can learn and leverage psychology for yourself and your business. For those of you who don't know, John Robertson is the founder and president of Fort Log Services, Inc. Through Fort Log Services, John helps forward-thinking leadership Build a thriving workplace with fully engaged people through even the toughest of times. John is a workforce wellness expert, culture alignment specialist, speaker, leadership development trainer, and author of Run Toward the Roar, Transform Crisis and Change into the Opportunity to Thrive. John helps leadership and companies turn their crisis into a keystone for resilience and growth. With over 30 years of experience helping individuals and organizations handle all forms of crisis and change, John leverages his leadership development expertise to guide organizations and individuals in defining their new norm and thrive. As John says, leaders know the event is never the real crisis. John helps leadership and organizations dig into and address the root causes of crisis instead of just treating the surface level symptoms and has experience across multiple sectors, including small to medium businesses, nonprofits, churches, communities, municipalities, education, healthcare, first responders, families, and EAPs, and working with indigenous peoples. John has a background in resilient leadership, crisis intervention instructing, and is a certified trauma treatment specialist, certified grief counselor, and psychological health and safety advisor among many other accomplishments and certifications. There's just too much to list even. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary, without risking burnout. If you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, 
but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. Our Insight Sunday conversation is so meaty that I just had to share it all with you, which means you're getting a double dose of insight this week. In the first of our two-part conversation, John shares how he learned the least helpful way to handle a crisis while working with employee assistance programs. And John shares his unique approach to address the root causes underneath crisis to turn a crisis moment into an opportunity. And now, without further ado, join me in welcoming John Robertson. Welcome, John. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here, and I look forward to having a conversation with you. And thanks for the intro, by the way. Other than the 30 years, everything sounded really interesting. It's that, geez, I sound old when you hear that. (laughs) There's something so powerful about that. And I, I wanted to highlight that in part because it speaks to how much experience and how much you've seen. And it's a bit of a showstopper. It's kind of like stops you in your tracks and gets you thinking like, gosh, you've been in it for so long. And ironically, my family missed the memo on being a Hallmark story. And there've been many experiences personally to test the lessons. And let's be honest, it's not a silver spoon journey for many of us in this Mm -hmm. world, in this life. And we have to find our path. Yeah, absolutely. And it's for that reason that I'm really excited and so grateful to be able to grab a seat together and talk on the business couch today. I'm looking forward to this myself. So this is great. Yeah, absolutely. So today I wanted to share that we're going to dive into, and I like to dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and business leaders to uncover insights and extract tangible takeaways to learn from and implement. But before we get into any of that, I really just wanted to start with your journey. I know that you were hinting to it just now. I wanted to kind of ask and understand what kind of led you to deciding and led you to create Fort Log Services and become an expert in workforce engagement, resilience, and performance. There's a couple factors converging. So one is, I just mentioned my own family, but pre-children. The other thing that I was doing, I was doing crisis intervention, crisis response for EAPs, like employee assistance programs. And one of the things that I noticed over and over and over again was Groundhog Day, for lack of better words. People were always reacting and to the events, which the event is never the real crisis, but they kept reacting to events. And some of the really significant ones, nobody did anything. Perfect illustration Mm -hmm. of this is in your journey. Have you ever noticed how something significant happens in your journey? So a death of a friend, just a work colleague, really super, super person. And it's almost like everybody's there, big group hug and so on and so forth to care. But within two weeks, maybe a month, everybody else's life has gone back, carried on. 
And we still have that huge vacancy. So think about an entrepreneur. Think about a business leader. As a matter of fact, think about a normal human being dealing with that type of thing that's happened in their journey. And a normal person isn't going to return back to their previous performance levels. Mm. Groundhog Day treats the performance issue instead of saying, okay, what's happened here that your head's not in the game? Let's have a conversation. Let's let people be people. And let's have a conversation about what it means to be a normal person having a normal reaction to an abnormal event. And so I got tired of that Groundhog Day, whack-a-mole, whatever analogy you want me to use. I got tired of people trying to fix what was not broken. It was just, Mm -hmm. I call it a Charlie horse. It could be emotional could be psychological, could be spiritual, could be moral, any number of Charlie horse. And instead of reacting to treat the reactions or the symptoms, let's help people work out that versus the old coaching model that says, skate it off, walk it off, you're fine, it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what? It does hurt. So somebody going through a divorce in the workplace... I can guarantee you in some of the work that you're doing right now, some of it will be the COVID casualty cost of relationships that just aren't on the same page right now. Well, a Charlie horse could be a relational Charlie horse, could be emotional Charlie horse, but there's no fix. It's just the reality of being a human being. And then what came out of that was, okay, John, if you're tired of reacting, What can people do to proact instead of reacting? What can we do to respond? And that's when I started to notice, and because I enjoy sports, that's when I started to notice that people who love what they do, even when they get a wallop, find a way to get back in the game. So what would happen if you and I determined, deciphered, defined what we are for instead of what we're against? Define what we are for so that when life does what life does, we will find a way to get back in our game. And so the premise of thriving, the way that I teach that and resilience and leadership is what's the focus here? What are the values here? Because ironically, how does an organization or an individual evaluate something Hmm. when we don't know what the values are? Mm -hmm. It's literally in the word. Absolutely. It's literally in the word. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so think about the number of times that you have worked with business people or individuals, and you will actually hear them describe almost competing values in the same sentence. You know, I really want a great employee workforce wellness, but we need to get more results. We need to produce more widgets. Mm. Well, which one's first? So that's kind of how the origin grew. Etymology we would use Mm. is it grew out of that stop treating symptoms and start serving humans and enabling, developing, encouraging them to grow. Yeah, it actually reminded me as you were just talking about that of an episode I did at the very beginning of my podcast. I think it was a few weeks in. It was called Be Careful What You Measure. 
Yes. And it seems like you're really touching on that because what we value, what we measure, if what we're measuring and valuing is widgets, what can happen is, and the production of widgets and how many widgets are being produced, then what might happen is something else that we might say or even believe is important if we're not measuring it and not looking at it and not benchmarking how well are we doing or as leadership, how well is the company doing by way of looking at that other measurement, that other measurement can absolutely fall by the wayside. It can end up getting pit against the thing that you're measuring. And because you're only measuring the one thing or the one thing you're measuring may end up overriding or coming at the cost of everything else. And when people's well-being or their engagement is the thing that's not being measured, that's not being cultivated and cared for, then what can happen when somebody at the workplace is experiencing, whether it's a personal challenge, a divorce that's happening, a loss in their own family, or there's some experience across the company, there's some kind of crisis happening inside the company or among people in the company or for the company in the sector or in their market, then what happens is, and I'm going to tie this back to something else you were saying, is when the people aren't connected to the company and to each other, then when they get knocked down, they don't have as much reason or motivation and they don't have as much interest in getting back up. Whereas the way you put it in sports is when people love what they do and they love the game, even when they get stonewalled, even when they get blocked, even when they get sacked, they get right back up, they get right back in it. And where that puts them and their team and where it puts their future is a completely different place. It's interesting the way that we look at that because ultimately what's fascinating is when you focus on and help to cultivate people's passion, engagement, love of alignment for the values of the company and the mission of the company, then they're way more likely, one, to be far more engaged, two, to get back up when they get knocked down or when the company gets knocked down. And what that means for long-term results is actually something much more we'll say optimistic, the outlook is much better long-term and especially in the face of challenges and crises than when you're just trying to produce more widgets in these short or even mid Absolutely. Yeah. And in a sense, it looks like the Zoom. It's kind of like the, are you taking a short-term view of just the widgets? Or are you taking a long-term view of what will create a stronger, more resilient, more long-term a company that will produce better widgets and more of them in the face of whatever life, the market, their own personal lives, and even inside the company ends up throwing at them. And to your comment is, think about the podcast that I'm familiar with. You would know more of them, but the aggravation, I can't remember how it was worded, but it was something to do with aggravation as a source of inspiration or something to that effect of, Mm. and offsetting the limiting mindset. Because Mm. if we do not find that passion our critic speaks loudest. And I know who your biggest critic is and you know who mine is. And the other piece that I tie it to is take a trip with somebody. If everything goes perfectly smoothly and it's sunny, it's gorgeous, it's everything goes just like the commercial, we come back and, oh, that was really nice. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. On the other hand, it's those trips that don't quite go more like the old movie of Griswold's that don't quite go according to the commercial. Mm. 
that's where we come back with that memory to say, do you remember that time we were out on that dive boat and the boat sank and we were trying to wait for like, that's where all the stories come. Mm. When there are challenges and people are overcoming them and they do that because of the deep being anchored to a mission of value, something that they share that's deeply important to them. And a community. Hmm. Because what a community is rooted in is shared focus and shared values. Even if I don't like you, I can trust you and respect you. Hmm. And we may never be Friday night pizza and wings friends, but I know that you say what you think and you believe what you think and say. That I can respect and trust versus a person who says one thing to me and something else to somebody else. Mm. Actually, what I do is I illustrate crisis change as the hot water teabag principle. If we want to find out what's important to a person or an organization, put them in hot water. Mm. What's inside always leaks out. So being proactive is defining what I want to leak out when I have those wallop moments. In leadership, and this is where I would encourage anybody listening to this right now, there's a couple questions that I asked. First, how do you want people to describe you non-physically? Second question, how do people describe you non-physically? And third question, what do you want to do about it? And because I'm a firm believer of transparency or buzzword is authenticity, but I did this, I'm a coward. So I did it with my three kids when I was driving because that way I didn't have to look at them and see their faces. And so my wife is sitting beside me, three kids. And I said, so guys, how would you describe your dad Mm non-physically, our daughter? I know that you love your work. Number two, son, I know that you love what you do. Number three, I know that you love your job. Okay. What else? I heard nothing but crickets. And my wife threw me under the bus and she said, and are there any other questions you need to ask right now? And that was my defining moment because I don't want my kids to say, basically, dad loved his job and not be able to say anything else. Mm -hmm. For me, that was a failure in my values as a business person as a husband, and as a father. Mm. In a way, it really spoke volumes, what they weren't saying. And not just what they weren't saying, but that ties itself into the second question, which is, you know, how do you want, in this case, it would be, how do you want your kids to speak about you non-physically? And it sounds to me that you had a great many values, things you wanted your children to experience in you as their dad. Yes. And when you didn't hear it, That was a very big moment. Of course, that leads to the next question, which is, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I use that premise when I'm working with leaders, especially in the entrepreneurial field. Mm. Because when we start our businesses, most of us try and do a little bit of everything to get our business going. Mm -hmm. As we grow, how do we want people to describe our business ourselves non-physically? Mm -hmm. And if I let you define whoever the you is, not physically you, but if I let the other person define that, then I've automatically failed. 
And so therefore, reputation, I know it's called brand right now, but most people don't actually understand the etymology of brand. It comes from the Old West, where they put the thing on the animal to market, but it actually comes from the Roman society where it was the level of influence a person had, which was tied to one's character. And character mm. is what we are in the dark when nobody's watching. So how do we want people to describe us non-physically? Mm. And when you tie it to thriving through crisis or change, leadership, most important piece of any person growing a business is clarifying that to say, can they trust me? Can they respect me? I'm not worried about whether they always like me. Mm -hmm. But can they depend on me? What's my brand? What's my character? And those non-tangibles, because I might have, and I chuckled when you're reading off some of the credentials I have, I hate that part of my introduction. Because mm. I know lots of people who have lots of things after their name, but not exactly the one I would recommend or go to. There can be a gap between what's on paper and how people are experienced. Big time. And I would even challenge you to delete the word can. <laughs> there often is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, one of the things I've appreciated about some of the podcasts that I've listened to of yours have been that you're not coming in to hear yourself talk and guide, advise, whatever I'm supposed to call that, front of the classroom doctor mm -hmm. model. Mm -hmm. Not preaching. It's not preaching. Okay. Yeah. Or lecturing it's, or teaching. And it's that sitting on a couch, having a coffee and mm. at the same time, dark humor, not lying down on your couch saying, okay, doc, tell me what I'm, it's that having a coffee, mm -hmm. sitting on a couch, just conversing. And who are those people as entrepreneur, as business leaders, this is key. Having those people in the boat with us who are willing to row with us. Mm that we may never be friends with, but we can trust, we can turn our back towards and will tell us what we may need to hear even when it stinks. It, it comes back to, and it reminds me of the way you talked about community. And it really struck me. Community is rooted in shared focus and shared values. Yeah. In a sense, it's at least a shared set of goals. And so even when the person next to me isn't necessarily perfectly aligned around some of the things that may matter to me. As long as there are some things on which we are aligned or we share those goals, then when we are working on those things, when we are in that boat, we can trust each other to row and to row in a way that's going to move us forward to the joint destination with those joint values, that shared focus. 100%. And we've taught people not to use four-letter words. Help is a four-letter mm. word. So is care. So is mm -hmm. love. It's so interesting how, in a sense, what I'm hearing is that in the workplace, we've become distanced and disconnected. Mm. Yeah. And that has a monumental impact on what happens when we hit a rocky patch or when we hit the rapids. <laughs> Big time. And you know, it reminds me a little bit of something we were talking about before in our kind of pre-chat where you were sharing that 
when it comes to community and culture and people working together, there's something so important and so powerful about ensuring that we are invested and knowing that others are invested in us. And how big a difference that makes when we hit a bump in the road or a crisis that if we know the person behind me, next to me, in front of me has my back, Mm -hmm. then we can all kind of band together. And you alluded to this, or we're talking about it, you shared about it before in that kind of sports analogy. When we share a passion, we're going to bounce back up. And when I know the people around me share a passion that's aligned with what is happening or needs to happen in this workplace, and this comes back to community in the workplace. Yes, it does. And to that comment is part of putting those people around us is not just people who are telling us what we want to hear, but it is also silencing the experts on the shore. I know I'm switching analogies, but it's still around water, not boating. But as we feel like we're drowning, we don't need more experts on the shore saying swim harder. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I wouldn't have thought of that. It's having those people who are willing to, here, grab the life boy or let me help or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's when people are willing to and choose to put their hands in the water themselves, jump into that water, right? We don't need more people yelling from the stands or criticizing, right? right? We don't need more backseat drivers. Um, Absolutely not. What we need is someone to jump into that arena, whether they're grabbing a life preserver or not, they're swimming over to help out and they are willing to do that. And even if they don't have themselves the life preserver, they'll come over to be of help. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 